We're here at the Tennessee Holler, tnholler.com. Steve Hassan has written a book called The Cult of Trump, and it's very insightful. I've read it, and he's going to talk to us about it here today. Steve, thank you for being here. Happy to do it with you. We're going to get into what makes this a cult, hopefully some insight into what's going on with our friends and neighbors here. But before we do that, I just want to speak to your background here. There's a reason that you wrote this book. You actually are not a political guy, but you are a cult guy. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with the Moonies and how that started? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm really um, coming from psychology uh, as a therapist and a mental health professional. But it's so true. When I was 19 in 1974 at Queens College, my girlfriend dumped me and three women were flirting with me at, at the college cafeteria asking to join me at my table. Little did I know they were recruiters for a front group of the Moon Cult. And after a number of weeks of interacting and being lied to and brought away to an isolated retreat where I didn't sleep, uh, I came to believe Moon was the Messiah, that Nixon needed to stay president during his impeachment because God said so, because Sun Myung Moon was represented as the greatest man in human history who was going to save the planet. And um, I spent two and a half years uh, as a true believer, kind of a fanatical uh, member, uh, elevated to be a, a leader by Moon directly, and fell asleep at the wheel of a van in 1976, nearly died uh, as I drove into the back of a tractor trailer truck and had an operation. And that led to my family arranging a deprogramming with former members. And in that deprogramming, I was convinced I wasn't brainwashed and I was sure I wasn't in a cult, but uh, I was sure Chinese communism was, was bad and they did brainwashing. And so when the ex-Moonies offered to go over research on Chinese communist brainwashing, I was very open to that. And as we went through Robert J. Lifton's book and his eight criteria to evaluate a group as a brainwashing environment, it was clear that the group that I was in did all of those things because I had been programmed to disregard any critics or former members. I was installed with phobias, irrational fears, the terrible things would happen to me if I questioned the group or, or thought about ever leaving the group. And essentially, I, I was absolutely uh, uh, was critical to my recovery to figure out what was brainwashing, what was mind control. I reached out to former military intelligence people like Lifton, and they more or less encouraged me and said, you know more than we know because you were there, tell us. And so I've now written my fourth book, on the subject. The first book, Combating Cult Mind Control, came out in 1988 and was published in many different languages. And I've gone on to spend my entire career helping people who've been indoctrinated, Justin, into a black and white, all or nothing, good versus evil worldview, where they're blindly following a person or an ideology and not thinking for themselves, not tuning into their own conscience, 
not doing investigation, independent investigation. So um, when the opportunity came and uh, my book agent said, we, I really want you to do a book on Trump, it was so not my normal focus of writing to get into politics, but I felt absolutely compelled to take my knowledge of 40 years and apply it and see, you know, the arguments that I would be able to uh, to support. And so far, everything, the book came out a few weeks ago, everything that I've written uh, is being validated even more so as time goes on, as I'm hearing from more and more people who've read it. Clearly, you are somebody who has the experience here. Before we get into what you saw when you started looking at the Trump thing, I, I just find it so amazing that what actually saved you, so to speak, almost killed you. So you essentially got into a car accident, and because of that, you ended up leaving the Moonies. Essentially, I had been programmed to stay away from my family and friends, being told they were Satan. So they didn't even know where I was. I was sleeping three to four hours a night, working seven days a week. What happened with the car, the van crash was I almost died and I was in a lot of pain. I was in a hospital basically away from the cult for two weeks, thinking and eating and sleeping. And I missed my sister, who I was always very close with growing up and who didn't attack me as being in a cult. And she persuaded me to come visit. But it was a combination of having time away from the group to sleep and to just not have the constant reinforcement and the exposure to former members and material on brainwashing and mind control that started me reevaluating. We have about 50 people watching us right now. If you have any comments for us as we go, please feel free to comment. Just drilling down on this a little bit, I'm fascinated by it. What was it about the Moonies that made you susceptible to it? How do you get to a place where what seems like something that's actually harming you feels like something that's the only way to live? Yeah, it's a really good question. Universals, not just for me, but for everyone I've worked with, universal appeals of becoming a better person or making the world a better place were the things that I resonated with. But Please understand, I was not a, a joiner. I wasn't looking to switch religions. I grew up conservative Jewish. Uh, it really was about deception and not knowing what it was that I was actually being recruited by and incremental influences where my worldview started getting changed systematically. And I didn't have an opportunity or an understanding to understand all the different social psychological forces that were being used on me to convert me, including hypnosis, by the way, which is something that I've spent um, almost 40 years studying now. That's really fascinating. And I think that gets us to the heart of what's happening here, because what we've really seen is an entire political party go through that transition where they were against this guy for the most part and everything he stood for. And now suddenly they're defending all of these things that three years ago they would have wanted no part of. So you're saying that there's an incremental groupthink that's happened and you've watched it happen. Can you tell us what you see that Trump does that reminds you of what you went through? Sure. I guess I want to take a minute and just say social psychology has evolved to such a high level 
that people can now predict and control human behavior, whether it's Madison Avenue trying to get you to buy things, technology platforms trying to capture your attention, YouTubes wanting to invoke an addictive playlist for you. What I've learned in all my research is that we, as people, like to think we're rational and above it all, and we can decide consciously what you know, we believe and what we want to do. But in fact, our five senses are taking in trillions of, of bits of data every single day. And we're, we're getting awashed, especially if you're online many, many hours a day with information that's affecting us unconsciously. And, and what happens is we're, we're wired for survival. So we, we react if there's a fear to something that's going to protect us. We're wired to identify with people we like and who we can relate with. So there's a conformity effect, a group thing kind of effect. We're wired to follow authority figures that we believe are legitimate. And in the case of Donald Trump, a lot of people are following the office of the presidency. They're not, they're not following him. That's not to say that there aren't people who are in the cult of personality of Trump and think that he's actually a stable genius who has the solutions to all of mankind. But a lot of the people who are backing Trump right now, especially in the political realm, are not thinking that way. So what I also want to say is there's a stereotypical profile of destructive cult leaders like my former cult leader Sun Myung Moon, L. Ron Hubbard of Scientology, Jim Jones of the People's Temple, Lyndon LaRouche. There's a malignant narcissistic personality type where the person is very confident, they're very grandiose, all about them. They're never admitting they made mistakes. They're projecting all their issues onto everybody else. They have zero empathy, paranoia, sadistic qualities, etc. But the pathological lying is an absolute universal with all destructive cult leaders. But they talk so confidently that the average person listens to it and they doubt themselves instead of going, oh, this is a mentally unstable person who's a pathological liar. And whatever he says, he believes. So it's actually very convincing. It creates a confusion state in the average person. And if they're hearing it from the media over and over and over, his talking points, and even CNN or MSNBC is repeating his talking points as much as on one level we're thinking, that's wrong or that's a lie. We're, it's still hitting us. It's still hitting our minds. And what I've observed is that a lot of people in the United States and the world for that matter are just fatigued. Their brain is getting to be mush around the idea of Trump or anything Trump and they just want him to go away or they want him to take over into this polarization situation. My work helping people get out of destructive cults, consulting with families who have a loved one in, says essentially that mind control doesn't erase the person's conscience and their core self, but it kind of creates a pseudo identity that suppresses the person's sense of self. And so as you were saying, Justin, about how many people in the Republican Party dissed Trump before he uh, got elected, they're not remembering that. 
And so one of the strategies that I have with my clients is to ask them to go back in time to the first memory they had of Donald Trump. Maybe it was when he was doing The Apprentice, or maybe you saw him in a newspaper article about his wife saying that uh, he had Hitler speeches by his bedside or that he, he physically abused her. To get back to a reference point pre-believer and then to, with perspective, analyze how did I come to the place where I am now by using two primary models that I um, share with, with folks, and it's in my books, um, what I call the influence continuum, ethical influences on this side and unethical influences on that side. Criteria like informed consent, knowing what it is up front that the beliefs are that you're being asked to consider or to follow versus lying. From the way I think about the, even the word cult, I think there are benign or productive cults here and destructive cults here. Is it a group that I'm free to leave without criticism, without harassment? When I interviewed David Weissman, who was a MAGA troll, who talked with, with uh, Sarah Silverman and he left, has been essentially treated just the way an ex-Scientologist is treated by Scientologists or ex-Moonies are treated at kind of, you're no longer a, a valid human being, <laughs> kind of uh, extreme thing. And why she was effective, and I write about this in my book, uh, Sarah Silverman, that is, was that she treated him with respect, asked him questions. The way to undo destructive mind control is, is getting people to think and to have perspective and to have information about what mind control is. The other model that I wanted to mention, it's in my, my book as well, is what I call the BITE model. It stands for controlling people's behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions. And to the extent that any organization is doing these four components to make people dependent and obedient, and that's the key concept in mind control cults is this notion of, of total loyalty and no room for personal thoughts, disagreements, which is the opposite of being in a healthy organization where a president wants to hear from advisors who disagree with him and give him logic points. Trump gets rid of anyone who disagrees with him so that he's constantly surrounded by yes people who are fighting for attention from their guru, essentially. David's story is fascinating, the way that Sarah Silverman went about it, treating him with respect, like a person, treating him with empathy, letting him, like you said, think for himself, walking him towards it. It really is about love and, and not about hate, and it doesn't do us any good to shame people for where they are. You know, I ran for Congress here in 2018, and trying to have the conversations with people that may not agree with you about every single thing is really important and it doesn't get us anywhere when we try to shame them and make them feel bad about what's already happened. It's not about what happened, it's about where we're going. I wanted to ask you a couple of things that I'm seeing in the comments right now from Johnny Allen, 1976, and also from Jewel Resists, is the concept of evangelicals and the role that they're playing in what's going on. I'm a faithful person, I'm a Jew, bar mitzvah at an orthodox temple. I ask this for with reverence for people of faith, but where's the line between religion and cult? And, you know, what role does religion play in what we're seeing today with followers of 
their false idol, which is what I believe he is. Yeah, it's a really important question. So I really believe that that to have freedom of religion, you need freedom of mind. And that however you want to understand the Garden of Eden story, uh, which is the core of the Abrahamic faiths, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, God didn't brainwash Adam and Eve to be dependent, obedient robots. <laughs> there was intentionality around choice and a desire to for for following out of faith. And that's my understanding of the religious experience is that you using deception and coercion is the opposite of what what Judaism teaches in Christianity, in my opinion about love and about service and charity and goodness and social justice. I have many evangelical friends who are just outraged that people are mindlessly believing, like Franklin Graham, that Trump, you know, is the a great force for, for God on earth and they're wanting to abolish the separation of church and state. They quote Jesus as, you know, as you help the least in my kingdom, you help me. It's easier for a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle and a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. So what is being uh, reported in the mainstream media, it seems, as evangelical Christians is, is really not evangelical Christians that I know, but I write about in the book about different Bible cult groups. One of the bigger ones is, falls under the title of New Apostolic Reformation. These are folks who claim to be apostles or prophets that get direct revelations from God, who speak in tongues and presume to cast out demons and do faith healing. And there's some at least 10 million Americans who are full bore uh, believers that they need their prophet or their apostle to keep them safe from these evil spirits that are going to invade them. And it's these folks who are, I think, the core base in the religious sphere of Donald Trump. There are others, the Pat Robertsons, the Franklin Grahams, the Falwell Jr. If something's legitimate, it will stand up to scrutiny. Calling names, belittling others who disagree with you is not going to bring about a more ideal world. Negative, angry, hostile, fear-oriented black and white, as I said before, us versus them mentality. So I've been accused of being in the cult of George Soros. Huh? We all are. I'm brainwashed by the cards. I'm like, excuse me, let's talk about what is brainwashing. And I'm open to hearing critical points of view to consider them, but I'm not willing to be bullied by a totalist who's going to just tell me over and over again the same rhetoric that they've been indoctrinated with in the hopes that I'm just going to cave and agree with them because it just doesn't work. Getting my freak on, that's his name, says, I have family that are far-right Christians and 45 has ruined my relationships with them. I do see a link to willingness of near martyrdom for the MAGA cause and their movement. Radio Vox Org says, Mr. Hassan, do you know the destructive cult leader Olavo de Carvalho linked to Steve Bannon? Do you know that name? 
I don't. I know that Bannon is involved with very extreme Catholic theology and such. He seems to definitely like to consider himself to be the devil and likes to be the center of attention that he's he's going to disrupt all of humanity. Right. So you are here to plug a book. I want to make sure people know that. I'm not. We're not done yet, but I just want to make sure people know you're here to plug a book. It's called The Cult of Trump. You drove down from Illinois for this one? Yes, sir. Anything for Trump. What do you love about him? Well, he wants the people to come in uh, legal. He doesn't want the babies killed. He doesn't want to take our guns away from us. Any of the stuff that's going on in the news bother you at all? Yes, The way it's it being does. reported, it bothers me. You mean the propaganda? Yeah. yeah. The yeah. What I'm hoping the takeaway from this will be is, let's say somebody's watching this and wondering, you know, maybe there's some truth to this. I've been in here. I'm starting not to love some of the things that I'm seeing, and this man is running roughshod over the Constitution and using the office for personal gain. I'm starting to wake up a little bit. How do we encourage them to walk towards the light? What are some ways that we can talk to the people in our life, help them move towards an understanding that, you know, this is what's going on? Yeah, so I want to address one of the the people who, who wrote to you and said that he's estranged from from family members who are believers. So what I say to my clients, if they hire me to help someone get out of a destructive cult, essentially is they're the ones in the cult. So if you're not in the cult, you need to be more flexible to to reach to them versus expecting them to connect with you. I've been doing this work for over four decades. People do leave from destructive cults and from destructive beliefs and from destructive relationships. One of the key variables of how fast people get out of whatever they're in is the quality of interactions they have with non-believers, in particular family members, friends, uh, next door neighbors growing up. People who knew you, knew the person before they got involved with the totalistic belief system. And so I highly recommend if you have family and friends who are Trumpers, uh, instead of you calling them names or saying you're in a cult, don't send the cult of Trump, please, to true believers. This is really meant to be read by people who, who are not uh, true believers. Because when I was in the Moonies, I didn't believe I was in a cult. And I, I'm sure I wouldn't read a book uh, called The Cult of Sun Myung Moon. <laughs> what I highly recommend is you 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 reach out to it. So your uncle, your sibling, you say, hey, I miss you. You know, we used to be much closer. Can we make an agreement not to talk about politics? Because I miss you. I'd like to have you back in my life. Thanksgiving's coming up. Let's let's enjoy each other's company. Let's reminisce over fishing trips or how we went bowling together or how we did that trip together across the United States to build rapport and trust. Rebuilding the connection and apologizing if you called them names. Please forgive me. Can we start over again? And then adopting a curious, interested um, perspective, which Sarah did with David. 
help me understand how you believe what you believe. And it's going to take some patience and it's going to take listening skills and you're going to need to monitor yourself for being triggered, especially if they say hurtful things to you. But understand that deep down inside, people want to know the truth. People do respond to love. My friends who've left hate groups all talked about people being nice to them. That helped them to to realize they don't like li- they don't like existing with so much hate in their lives. Once you're establishing, reconnecting, and re- remembering positive experiences and ex- and expressing curiosity to help me understand how you believe what you believe, they may ask you to read something. Say sure, you know, but let's talk about it. And if, if you ask me to read something, would you read something that I would, you know, share with you to get your perspective on it? So it begins a, a connection and a relationship. Beyond that, the more advanced stuff is what helped me get out of the Moonies was learning about Chinese communist brainwashing. And we know for a fact that China is doing these programs right now on many, many people, including Christians and Muslims and other people. China is accusing Hong Kong of brainwashing students to oppose them. In my experience, talking to people who believe in Trump about China and brainwashing without you saying this is just like Trump, leave that out. Just like, let's look at the behaviors the behavior control, the information control, the thought control, the emotional control. That's really going to be powerful. And talking about traffickers, most of the the Trump people that I've talked with are very concerned about sex trafficking, for example, and labor trafficking. In fact, people who are into QAnon believe somehow Trump is going to eradicate uh, the global trafficking trade, a, a great stretch. But the point is, is that the same types of techniques that traffickers and pimps use to in, deceptively recruit and indoctrinate people to be their slaves is the subject of what what's going on right now in a bigger level. Lastly, I, it, one really needs to, to step back and look at the overall scene. And that's what I tried to do in the cult of Trump is paint the picture of how we've gone from the early 1900s where Edward Bernays wrote his book Propaganda in 1928. Madison Avenue got a hold of it. He did the first presidential campaign. How these PR social engineers are manipulating people's emotions in order to get people to vote a certain way or buy a certain product they don't even want or need is critical to understanding how people are believing what they're believing today. Reality test. I'm naturally curious. So when I'm meeting people, I want to hear, how do you make sense of this? Would you enter into a business relationship with someone that you knew was a liar and that you couldn't trust or wouldn't pay his bills? Would you consider a business relationship? No, you wouldn't. That's interesting. So what do you what do you make of people who had business relationships with Donald Trump, even people who worked for him that describe how he behaves? How do you make sense of that? Is part of it, though, that he's giving them confirmation bias? A lot of what he's saying, they already believed. And now here's somebody saying it on the big stage. And so this is a guy that's willing to say the things that I already think out loud. That makes me loyal to him. I guess what I'm trying to say is the con goes both ways. Yeah. Like he's convincing them that he's the truth teller, but they're also 
getting something out of it, which is that his interests align with theirs. It's a two-way deal. Elected Republicans, for the most part, know what this guy is. I, I don't for a second believe that most of these people don't understand what he is, but what they get out of it is power and their agenda pushed. And, you know, yeah, if he has to lie and basically do all of these things that they wouldn't have been caught dead doing a few months ago, that's just part of the deal that they're making, a deal with the devil, so to speak. Yeah, so the concept of confirmation bias is a very important one. Basically says that whatever we currently believe, we tend to look for information that confirms it and ignore things that, you know, disconfirms it. And the other point that you're making that's absolutely correct in my experience is that mind control is a dual relationship uh, between the, the, the leader and the believer, and that the believer is projecting a lot of stuff onto the cult leader that isn't coming from the cult leader, but there's a wishful thinking element to it. So I was told Moon was the greatest man in human history. So I tended to look at, at those things and, and delete or not pay attention to things that didn't, didn't confirm that. And when it comes to politicians, I'm not 100% sure that every single Republican knows coldly that he's a, you know, a liar and a cheat. You think I'm giving them too much credit? I want to quote James Comey when I heard him on an interview that I, he did the most beautiful explanation of cognitive dissonance theory. I'm paraphrasing. He said, when you're sitting at a table and the guy at the head of the table tells a lie and you say to yourself, that's a lie. And then he says another lie and you say to yourself, that's another lie. But you don't get up and walk out or you don't call him on the fact that he lied. He said, your soul starts to bend. This is what I mean by incrementalism of mind control, because as humans, we like to have consistency between our beliefs and our feelings and our behaviors. But if we're engaged in behaviors that are extreme, like defending Trump, the ideology starts you know, falling in line with that in terms of the cult identity. Uh, and emotional justification that the the others are so you know evil Schiff and and all the Democrats are evil and don't love America and don't love the Constitution things get topsy turvy the good news though and I do want to uh, you know wind up on a positive note with you and your listeners is people do wake up and they go whoops like how did I believe what I believe. Is everybody going to exit the belief system of Trumpism? In my opinion, they're not unless they understand the rudiments of what is ethical influence and what's unethical influence and what are the techniques of propaganda and disinformation and what are facts and what we have as science that tests things and is willing to abandon a hypothesis for when there's evidence that it's not accurate or it's not truthful. We need to get back to using our critical thinking and not just operating out of our amygdala, out of our fear center. Think about our children and our planet and our longevity as a, as a species, because with this kind of cultic mindset, things are going to get worse and worse, unfortunately. We have good news. Getting my freak on is saying he looks forward to reading your book. So 
We sold a book today, at least one. I want to end on that good note. I want to read the last, the very last paragraph of your book. Before I do that, you just said something that struck a chord with me, which actually I think is relevant to what's going on in the news right now. The incrementalism thing. Like if you look back at what he was doing early on, now we're at a point where they're in so deep with him, all of them, he knows he can get away with anything. You could see him doing the repetition thing that you talk about in your book when he's in front of those cameras where he speaks slowly and he says, perfect call, perfect call. He says the same things over and over again. But Justin, he is a very disturbed human being emotionally. He grew up in a cultic group that believed in believing right. 100% and right. manifested and doubt is is evil he's not doing well he's what in the business we call decompensating it's a mental health term where he's like falling apart internally he is freaking out and it it, and and unfortunately he's not going to get stronger and clearer it's the decline is going to continue and then the big question is who who's controlling him at what point do they say we got to cut our losses and he's got to go. Even the impeachment process itself is at least a way of publicly shaming him and holding him accountable in some way. And then, you know, I have no illusions about the Senate voting to convict him, but at least this process is is exposing him. Otherwise, we're normalizing this behavior, and I shudder to think what comes next. Imagine a guy like this who isn't a total buffoon. I'm going to read you your last paragraph. In my work with clients, I have seen miracles happen. I have seen people throw off the mental and emotional shackles of many years, even a lifetime of cult indoctrination. I believe that love is stronger than fear, that fear is stronger than mind control, but I also believe the dangers of mind control are greater now than ever. We ignore the lessons of history of Jonestown and other destructive groups at our own peril. So I find that to be a hopeful note that you're striking. Uh, What can you leave us with? It's going to take a village. If you are cut off from friends and family who are Trump believers, reach out and say, I miss you. I'd like to be back in your life. Let's not let politics interfere with our our being part of a family. Do it incrementally. We don't want to give up on mainstream conservatives, Republicans, the George Wills who are out there who have still some moral clarity over the Constitution and the checks and balances that our founders felt were so critical. And we want to empower their voices because they're the ones who are going to be more effective at talking to to the other politicians and other believers. Young people also, if you have a parent, a Trump believer, educate yourself and have conversations with your parents because ultimately, Nobody wants to be a fool. We'll get further if we believe in each other and the best part of each other versus the worst part of each other. And do your best to um, stay charged because we need active citizenry, uh, not tuning out. We need to tune in and work together. Couldn't agree more. There's a group called American Bridge that just announced a $3 million ad buy where they're going to be putting those voices on the air exactly like you're talking about the people that voted for Trump but now are having second thoughts about it. And I also want to say that anybody out there, if you know anybody in Tennessee especially, that's willing to come on and talk about that from that perspective, somebody that voted for Trump, regrets it, and is now seeing the light, we will have them on any day of the week. It'll be a a loving conversation. We're not here to shame anybody. Your attitude about it of extending 
open arms to them and, and letting them know that we're here is a really, really important thing to say out loud. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Yeah, thanks. I'm going to say one last thing, which is my experience in the moon cult outed a whole uh, CIA mind control research program. And so there are very powerful forces that want to keep the public ignorant about this material. And so I have been kind of shocked with a book by Simon and Schuster not to be on you know, major network TV shows, but uh, there are some very powerful forces, uh, religious cults too, that I think are threatened by the idea of a cult expert explaining exactly what the nuts and bolts are of mind control. I didn't realize that. This is a book that should be talked about. Please go buy Stephen's book, The Cult of Trump. Also support us. We're tnholler.com. We're a small independent journalism site here in Tennessee. We survive on small monthly donations. It's not just Trump. You know, I mean, I think that's one thing that we need to talk about a little bit here is that it's, it's really not only Trump. Trump's a symptom, but, you know, there's a, there's a bigger issue here in the Republican Party in general, too. Stephen, thank you so much. Take care. Tennessee. 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 Tennessee.